It is the 11 dub cast. I'm Johnny. He's Andy. Let's talk a little NIL. We're going to get into that. Uh, this is something that we discussed last week a little bit, and we're going to kind of get into how Ohio State's going to approach that. We will talk a little bit about the treasure trove of documents that our Freedom of Information Act requests uh, turned up, and maybe we'll get a little bit more about uh, one Kevin Warren, this dubcast. But I just, Andy, do I sound fantastic or do I sound fantastic? Do, am I just like total voice for radio at this point right now? Your, your, your dulcet tones can uh, serenade me anytime. I have Ray. so much snot inside of me right now. It's, it's hilarious because it was like 40 degrees. My wife and I actually went to a Clippers game uh, this past weekend. It was like 40, 50 degrees. <laughs> and now it's like, okay, reverting to the mean. And I just like, I got a TDAP shot. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm physically falling apart. So I just want the listeners of the dubcast to know how much I'm, I'm in it to win it. Right. Like I'm here no matter what. So that's, that's the, the kind of dedication that I have. You, <laughs> that, you are a true professional, my friend. No, no, um, neither rain nor sleet nor snow nor hail, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. And um, that the I'll, listeners I'll know how much you care about this podcast. You know, you could have just said, Hey, I'm, I'm calling the ball game this week. It's the off season, you know, what's really going on in the world, but no, no friends. Johnny is here for you every single week. That's right. Damn it. And so is Andy Vance. And, and, and so look, we've got some important things to talk about. And like I've said, the off season, she giveth sometimes Now sometimes she taketh away and, and we don't like to talk about those things, but when she giveth, there's some nice things that we can kind of get into. So there's good content and I want to kind of get back to our NIL conversation that we had last week. And I don't want to get in all the nitty gritty. We are correct that um, uh, Antani uh, and Gene Smith got up there and they, they talked about how, you know, the state of Ohio is going to have hopefully legislation that gets passed about NIL and um, allowing players, student athletes to benefit from these things. And the thing is, I mean, you know, I want to talk more about what Ohio State's, this, not the state of Ohio, but Ohio State University's approach to all of this is. But there's, <laughs> I know I emphasized this last time, but there's so little time uh, for all of this. Um, the, the only thing that I think is really maybe pertinent to this initial discussion is that I thought it was really interesting that guys like Gene Smith and Jim Tressel were actively involved in I don't know, I want to say necessarily the crafting of this legislation, but they at least had input. I thought that was kind of cool. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that was, I mean, Antoni talked about that in his press conference that they were, and I think the quote was working together hand in hand in crafting yeah. that legislation. I don't believe that, but I specifically do about Ohio State talking. and then, you know, mentioning um, President Tressel, uh, which, you know, I, and part of me, it's interesting seeing somebody like Coach Tressel, President Tressel, who you think of as a real traditionalist, right? And, sure. and you, you, I, I don't know if he's been on the record a bunch. I, I haven't seen a bunch of quotes from him on NIL specifically. And in his role now, that's not necessarily something I would expect him to be thinking about all the time compared mm -hmm. to all the other things in his orbit as a university president. But he certainly has a really interesting perspective on it. having been through some of the things he went through at, right. at Ohio state with how players are able to say, profit from their own possessions, let alone their, their name, image, and likeness. All, all that said, that to me says that his, that he would be involved and that Ohio state would be actively involved in the process speaks volumes about the fact that uh, the world is changing yeah, and it's changing like now, like right. this isn't one of those things <laughs> where we're saying, well, in a few years, this is going to have like, it's, this is, this is happening. Yeah. You can count down the weeks at this point. And I agree with you. I do think that while Jim Tressel may be a traditionalist in, in many, you know, senses of the word, <laughs> watching his athletes get busted and then him get, you know, essentially fired for lying about, or at least, you know, lying by omission, maybe about I, I, um, I do not like your characterization of of that mr cancer well jim, jim trestle is my hero yeah. darn you but 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 but, but your about, point but your point is well i mean your point is well taken about the dumbest thing in the universe mm, yeah. and, and something that isn't something that he should have ever had to shouldn't have should never have to have about. been yeah. he, he shouldn't have been in that position because it's stupid and right. i think maybe this is the culmination of 
that particular narrative and maybe that's something that we should do at some point maybe as a site and say look let's go back 10 years and and think about what everything was like around that story about the response about how we felt about and all that what's happened in the intervening decade to lead us to this point where now students are going to be able to profit off their name image and likeness and how crazy of an idea would that have been when all of that was going down uh, because I, I, I think that are, that is really going to be telling as to the dramatic shift and how all of this has uh, kind of un, unfolded in the past 10 years, because it, it really has been a huge shift and change. And no bigger example of that is going on, you know, OhioStateBuckeyes.com slash the hyphen platform slash, and you get to see what Ohio State is doing to try to attract student interest in their name image and likeness effort this is this is exactly from the website's uh like text their whole branding it says the strongest brand in college athletics has selected open endorse which is their company they're going to be working with to provide ohio state student athletes with education and resource opportunities to capitalize on their name image and likeness nil through open endorse ohio state student athletes will be given the tools to understand build protect and maximize their personal brands on social media and beyond so and they've got initially when they put this out it was literally just a giant wall of text right and they're like okay yeah, yeah check it out and now what they've done is they've beefed it up a little bit uh the website is it's definitely a work in progress um they've got some some graphics and stuff that aren't quite perfectly aligned and uh some of the other things don't like the links don't necessarily lead to anywhere they're, they're working on it and that actually i i think it's it's good that they've partnered with a, uh, a company to kind of get this thing done. I think the name is stupid. I think the branding is stupid. <laughs> and I, I, for the first time in a long time, feel that Ohio State was almost caught a little flat-footed here because when you compare this to what Alabama was doing, and their, Alabama's program is called The Advantage, and they, at the minute they had it ready, and this is like three weeks ago, mm-hmm. they had an accompanying video with it. They're tweets were like super super highly produced and really slick they've got their own website all that stuff and ohio state was like oh crap we gotta throw this together in a couple days and i'm like that that is the most surprising piece about this for me overall that ohio state wasn't rare and ready to go the second gene smith left that press conference that they weren't like okay we've got everything here it's super highly you know produced and we've got a video and we've got all these other things it it felt like they were kind of behind the curve and that's one of the first times i can remember in a long time that ohio state media like from ohio state was a little flat-footed a little slow to react i i, I don't know i i I know you've seen this stuff. I know you kind of reacted. What do you think about the platform? Andy? Yeah. So number one, it's, you know, how cute because the, of course, is stylized and yeah, right. All caps. If you didn't catch this when, when uh, Johnny, you know, named it to the, the platform is that, you know, the platform. The platform. Okay. Ha 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 ha. Uh, I, I agree with you because one of the things that we've said consistently, um, maybe from the urban Meyer era forward is that Ohio State has maybe the best graphics, video, media yeah. department in the business. It, it'd be certainly in college football, maybe in, in all of sports, like to, to just really fantastic from recruiting graphics to, you know, social media highlight videos. They just seem to do it all very well at a very high level football, especially, but football and basketball, both they do it at a really high level. So I, I too was sort of expecting and especially because this is such a, a an area where you expect Ohio State to have an immense recruiting advantage over everybody but an Alabama. Uh, right. Like you, you would expect Ohio State because of, as they said in the in the press release, this you know the being the the largest brand or the strongest brand in college athletics. When you go through and look at Ohio State social media presence, like they consistently, whether it's number of followers or interactions or whatnot, are, are the most engaged. We know the Ohio state fan base, the, the largest fan base, the largest alumni base, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So in this era of NIL, I feel like that's a huge recruiting advantage. They've been playing that up in terms of NFL draft picks. Like they've been doing that for yeah. years now, playing up just how many you come to Ohio state, you're going to go to the league and you're mm-hmm. going to get paid. Now you don't even have to leverage that so much. Come to Ohio state and you're going to get paid now 
but, right. but, but these, yeah, the, the graphics and the marketing, it, it definitely feels like something that they just had to get thrown together on the fly, which I don't know if that, I don't know if I think that's just a product of, Hey, it was COVID the department riffed a bunch of people uh, well, in, they've lost in, some in guys the department, too. you know? Yeah. They've, they've had quite a few folks in that you know, video graphic arts um, going on to a lot of them going to like professional teams have yeah, gone yeah, to yeah. I think some people went to uh, agencies like um, mm -hmm. uh, work with sports agents. I feel like somebody went to work with, with uh, William Morris's sports agency. Um, so maybe that's part of it. I, I don't know. I, I too, I'm with you. I was a bit surprised because this is where I expect Ohio state to go and really just knock the piss out of everybody in the big 10 and, right. and, and maybe everybody in every conference other they'll be toe to toe with Alabama in terms of what you can sell kids because of your, your brand and the ability to turn it into money. Businesses in Columbus, Ohio are, are going to be able to ring the cash register for these athletes yeah and well and here's the other thing though i mean ohio state obviously does have a lot of already existing things that they can sell a, a recruit or someone you know in terms of being able to maximize their earning potential i mean ohio state if you look at interactions on twitter or social media in general ohio state destroys every other college team um in, in terms of like interactions and and the ability to get something out there so the reach of ohio state in terms of social media is gigantic and i i know some people are like well i don't you know if i were a college athlete i would want to endorse x y and z most of the kids i think who are in college right now are going to be in college they see the internet as their prime means of doing a lot of their like business if they're going to be doing business and your reach is bigger. You can craft your own persona or what you want your image to be a lot more easily. And because of that, Ohio state, I think just has this inherent advantage that they can take, uh, you know, really leverage, right. And, and kind of maybe lean on not just the other big 10 teams, but the, you know, the Alabamas and Clemson's of the world. Um, but I just, you know, I was just surprised that they didn't come out guns a blazing with all of this because they do have that, really really great setup that they they have been developing for years and years and years so i i want to see how this evolves i want to see how they improve it um and really you know once everything becomes official and and we're still you know we mentioned this last week we're still waiting on the ncaa and seeing what they might finally do but that could be late june for whatever damn reason um it's not like they're doing anything else like they could meet earlier if they wanted to but they decided i think like june 22nd 23rd for some reason um yeah it's like what are you, okay well yeah nah, i mean you know we got you know we've got golf to play we got stuff for, we got to take care of we we can't really be expected to make this monumental decision to, that decides you know the biggest change in college athletics since like the invention of the ford pass or like you know traveling to different opponents in the 1800s you know, this, this is something that we got, we got time. It's fine. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it'll be cool to see how this kind of evolves and changes, but uh, you know, if you want to check it out, like I said, it's ohiostatebuckeyes.com uh, slash the hyphen platform and uh, decide for yourself. See, see if you think that lives up to the standards that Ohio state has. And what I would also um, really encourage you to do is check out and see what these other uh programs are doing because it is it's going to be very I, I think you're going to see a lot of interesting um i'm trying to think of the way to put this you're going to see a lot of differences here you're not going to see like some template that each of these universities kind of adheres to it's going to be very unique depending on the school and that's that i think is going to be really cool to watch to see what the different approaches are and how they try to sell themselves and whatnot um, because it's going to make it explicit a lot of the things that we kind of assume as fans to be implicit. So like, you know, our Northwestern are a bunch of nerds or like, if you go down to Clemson, they're going to play up like, you know, the Dabo angle and all that stuff. Like what, what are they going to lean on? What are they going to focus on to try to like market themselves so that then student athletes can market themselves? Um, I just think that'll be really interesting to kind of check out. And, and, you know, like, I want to see, I am curious. I am genuinely curious. What is Purdue going to do for NIL? Like, how are they going to convince, you know, student athletes that Purdue's the cool kick-ass place to go and, and create a brand right in West Lafayette? I want to know how they try to do that. I think that'll be interesting. Um, you so also, I'm, I'm, the other thing I'm really interested to see how this evolves in terms of, 
how schools manage it and the dynamics involved. Like, you know, when, when you and I talked about this last week, a lot of our commenters were talking about how this will create divisions in the locker room that, you know, okay, you're starting wide receivers and quarterbacks. You're going to oh, be sure, yeah. making bank while you're, you know, you're, you're, backup right guards not going to make anything and how's that gonna so so there's a lot of the dynamics that the, the the details and so on that i i'm curious to see how they shake out like how do schools administer how how does that work with what i'll vaguely call the compliance angle not not compliance in the traditional kind of ncaa sense but how do they keep how do they keep this all legal and handle the like tax ramifications of this with the kids and i keep calling them kids with the student athletes and so on like there's just a lot of angles that I, I don't necessarily envy the schools having to try to figure it out and navigate Ohio state's mm-hmm. better position than most to deal with some of those things. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I am curious to see how they handle the dynamics that this will create the ripple effect, if you will. Yeah. It, there, there will be a lot of ramifications to all of this, which, and... which is not at all, by the way, a backhanded way of saying, I don't think we should be. Oh, doing sure. This. Yeah. I, I'm totally on board with, you know, that it has it, it always kind of baffled me that, a student athlete can't go and and make money to pay their bills. Yeah. Um, that that's just always, cause you know, most of us who went to college worked our way through college and you know, right, you got to pay for beer and books somehow. Right. Yeah. I was a DJ, uh, work night desk in the dorm. So you're starting running back for Ohio state. You can't really go work <laughs> the night desk at the dorm for yeah. nickel 95 an hour. Right. You know, right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was delivering auto parts. Like you know, you, you do what you got to do, and John, it's crazy that like gigolo, like you know, I, <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever you got to do to get by. It's I don't I pay I the bills on man. any of that. Um, yeah, it's just going to be really interesting, and there's going to be so many things that result of this that there's just impossible to predict. I mean, that's that's the other part about this that that it's exciting because of that, and I know a lot of people may be nervous because of that and that it's going to destroy college sports and all these other things. I don't expect that to happen. I, you know, a lot of this stuff has been happening in the background and, and maybe it's better that, you know, we can discuss the idea of like, should athletes get paid? And, you know, is it okay for a school to be really aggressively courting teenagers with large amounts of money? Like these are discussions that need to be happening, I think in the open rather than, you know, kind of on the sly and acting like it's just, okay, it's a little hush hush and maybe it's not really happening. I I just, I would rather have these big conversations out in the open where we can really address them and and decide how we feel about them. And and there's going to be a lot of that because yeah, there is definitely the potential where some big booster at Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State or wherever decides, all right, well, I got a, you know, I got a business, <laughs> right? Like let's, let's throw a million dollars at a kid or something like, I don't know. I don't know what the constraints are going to be or what we decide is acceptable, but that's going to be something that we have to figure out as this kind of goes forward. And if you're angry about the idea that we don't have all of this figured out already, maybe be angry at the people that have decided to stick their heads in the sand for the past five to 10 years and pretend it wasn't going to happen and it wasn't coming and decided that maybe it'll just all blow over and we don't have to think about it because with them doing that, it prevents other people from starting the, the process of figuring out what it will look like when it inevitably comes and it's coming in a few weeks. So we, we gotta, we gotta see what that's going to look like. Um, Another interesting story here. This is this is from uh, earlier in the week. Colin and Dan just putting in so much work for Eleven Warriors. Like I cannot talk those dudes up enough. Obviously, they've got the great podcast you should be listening to. But the the, the grunt work that they're putting in uh, is fantastic. And the uh, the email the the freedom of information request uh, that they put in, I think like in August of last year. I mean, they they it was a long long time ago. They got this treasure trove of documents about Ohio State and the Big Ten's response to the potential cancellation of the 2020 football season, potentially doing a spring, um, you know, football season, which obviously never came to fruition. And Gene Smith was not happy about that. Uh, And text messages between him and and Dr. Christina Johnson, you know, president of Ohio State. uh, (laughs) He was not enthusiastic about that at all, um, saying basically, no, 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 hell no, absolutely not. 
And what I really love is, of course, Dr. Johnson um, saying, well, then, hell, let's go independent. They won't let us play. Yeah, that was <laughs> Can wild. we do that? That was wild. <laughs> so that's how, that, that, I, I want to get your thoughts on this stuff, uh, Andy, but I, I want to say two things. First of all, this really goes against two big narratives that people might have. First of all, that Gene Smith isn't all in on trying to make sure that Ohio State football and Ohio State sports in general are like, you know, the best of the best and always playing and doing things right for the players. I think through these documents, it's pretty clear that he is very, very much on the side of the players and the fans. Second thing, Dr. Christina Johnson, there are a lot of people who were saying like, oh, I don't know, you know, if we can really trust her, is she going to be another academic, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely not. Um, this person, like she can do both. I mean, I'm not saying she can't, she has to pick a lane. I mean, this is a person who can do all kinds of things as president but she is absolutely on the side of Ohio State sports, always has been. And a lot of the insinuations to the opposite, I think were kind of rooted in um, maybe some sexism, but also some suspicion of maybe the, her, her predecessor, right? Where yeah. they didn't really she got tarred, the with, tarred with somebody else's brush. Exactly, exactly. She comes in at a really unop- inopportune time and they think it's just gonna be more of the same and it absolutely was not. She knows what she's doing and she was absolutely on the side of Ohio State sports. Yeah, I think I think you had, you know, people people are gun shy because you look at presidents past and other than President Gee, um, I I don't know about Britt Kerwin. I don't know if we ever I I can't I can't really say whether President Kerwin was on board with sports or not because mm-hmm. he was president during my undergraduate years, but I don't really remember there being anything where he would have needed to have like takes taken some big stand, you know, to support the athletic program. But obviously Gordon Gee was all in. He understood the vital importance of the relationship between Ohio state football and the broader university and its larger goals and aims and more than happy to leverage that to his benefit as a prolific fundraiser on behalf of the university. But then you had, you know, you look at at Karen Holbrook, what more can you say about Karen Holbrook and her, um relatively antagonistic approach yeah. toward if <laughs> if not the game of football at least the people who come to watch the game of football at right. Ohio State now I should say you know one of my one of my great friends was on the board of trustees at the time during her tenure and and absolutely loved her and said she was a wonderful person so I I've never never met um, President Holbrook so I can just say what most of us as fans experienced and I wasn't a fan uh and then you know President Drake <sighs> I wouldn't say that president Drake anything did anything like horribly wrong. I know there were a lot of people who were supporters of the band that thought he handled the band um, scandal, if you will, uh, poorly. I, yeah. I don't know that I think he did. I think, I think he, he did, did a good job on that. Actually. I think he did what he had to do. Yeah. You know? I think he did what he had to do. Thankless job. Somebody had to do it. Yeah. And, and it's over and now it's not a problem anymore. Um, so, but you know, he was kind of your more stereotypical academic, right? Just kind of, mm. kind of not a whole lot of personality there that a fan could latch onto, like Gordon Gee, who is a surplus of personality. Dr. Johnson to me is like, she's this unicorn that, <laughs> you know, has the gravitas of being an eminent academic. Uh, right. You know, she's got more patents than Carter's got liver pills. Um, just, you know, all of the gravitas you would want if you are, part of the academy and at the same time has this imminent credibility as a multi-sport division one college athlete at Stanford. You know, right. she's walked the walk. So when she says this is, you know, what is good for college athletics, she knows because she was there Well, and as a college think, athlete, you know, right. like, so and, how many university presidents have that peanut butter and jelly of being a legit university president, like cabinet right. member, all these kind of things. And you know, can say, oh, and oh, by the way, I too was an outstanding college athlete. Like right. that's, and, and I a think pretty unique that, perspective. And I think that combination is what allows her to be able to kind of, you know, kind of straddle those, those two worlds. And the other thing that I would say is, you know, talking about Drake, I, I don't think he would have been as intimately involved with some of these discussions oh. and negotiations as Christina Johnson was, according to, you know, what, Eleven was able to kind of pull up and figure out and stuff and go through these documents because she clearly from day one was like, look, we've got to figure this stuff out and keeping appraised of all the different goings on. And, and we'll talk a little bit about Kevin Warren and the, you know, the family letter saying that, you know, we want to play and all that stuff. Yeah, this is, this is someone who very clearly was heavily involved in what was happening. Um, 
you know, they talked a little bit about Ohio State players advocating for a season and how much, how proud they were and whatnot. I just, I don't know. It, it bothers me when a narrative is created about a person without any kind of information about that person. And, you know, when chips were down and you had to have leadership, Gene Smith and Christine Johnson were providing that at Ohio State. So, as fans, I think that's something that you can be really proud of. And I'm not absolving them from everything forever. I mean, there's going to be other challenges that both of them are going to have to deal with in the future. And, and maybe they don't do as well with those. But with this, they did a really good job and they deserve the praise that they should get for that. Um, because obviously the season was a success. I mean, Ohio State was able to go to the national championship game. Other sports are able to play. I mean, that's, that's important. That's really, really important. Uh, for players, fans, and parents. And it looked like everybody was on the same page at Ohio State. And that's when Ohio State does things well, that's what it looks like, right? When everybody Absolutely. is saying, look, we're going to support each other. We've got a common goal. We're going to work really, really hard and figure this thing out. That is what I've seen at Ohio State over the years where they're successful is that there is an ability for people in charge to incorporate family fans all that stuff get people on the same page and get things done and that's what they were able to do past this last fall um and the document i mean like i said look at this the documents and stuff that we have on the website check out the the text messages they were sending each other um it's it's really cool to see them all kind of working together i think that's pretty awesome yeah and and the other thing i really like there was a an excerpt of a, a response an email that uh, Gene Smith wrote to a parent. And they redacted the name of the parent, but you know, just the the emotion that you could sense from Gene Smith and talking about anger, frustration, and pain, and and you know, uh, like shouldering the burden, you know, in a, in, a, yeah. in a ways, you know, how he felt like he had failed the football players, and you know that. that we, we talked about this last week that I just think there's not a whole lot that you can, um, you know, pick nits at with, with regard to Gene Smith and his leadership. And, and I think this is a perfect example. Now, you know, the cynical part of me can say, well, of course, you know, it was really important for Ohio state to play football. There's a lot of money on the line here. Sure. Uh, so, so that's, you know, that's a backdrop to this. Let's not, let's not pretend that this is just, but I, I do think that you get that sense too, from just that particular letter that, that particular email how much responsibility he felt to the players, their families, uh, and, and of course the staff and uh, not, you know, coaches, but also the, all of the support staff that are involved in the football, the football program is a pretty large organization in the grand scheme yeah. of things. So a lot of the people, you know, they're of course, obviously the, for the staffers and things, you know, that's how they make their living. Um, but these players and their families, you know, not just the ones that are wanting to get drafted, but they, they, they all had a lot riding on this, right. Uh, that you come to Ohio state to play football and to have to go through this, but just seeing how much of that, just seeing how much of that Gene Smith sort of shoulders, um, that was really interesting to get that piece of it. Cause you, you don't necessarily get that behind the scenes, look at people like president Johnson and Gene Smith. Right. Uh, I would also say a couple other things about this. Uh, first of all, um, interesting text from Urban Meyer to Christina Johnson, Dr. Christina Johnson. I thought that was kind of cool to, to reach out and, you know, maybe offer his support and encouragement. Uh, good on him for doing that. I thought that was cool. Mm -hmm. um, and then Kevin Warren, who uh, alleged that the letter, you know, according to uh, Dr. Christina Johnson, that the letter was uh, manufactured. <laughs> uh, that, that it was like being astroturfed basically um, that the, you know, not, not, not a real sentiment, I guess, from the parents is maybe what that's implying. Um, I, I, you know, Kevin Warren, we can talk about that dude all day. And I mean, speaking of leadership and challenges in the future, I mean, that guy's got a lot, you know, coming at him quickly, but I just, if anything is shown how badly he handled this whole thing i i think that attitude is exactly it like the yeah. idea that there would be like the fact that he would be confused or befuddled or skeptical of the idea that players and parents would want to play a football season in the fall <laughs> like no matter what the circumstances were i mean obviously it was a serious decision it wasn't something that people were like well of course we'll play like there were considerations to be made absolutely but the idea that there wouldn't be a genuine grassroots 
movement of parents and players wanting to to play a you know a sport that's been their entire lives of course there's going to be and i don't understand where that sentiment could even come from um that that just is so that strikes me as just so like you have your head in the clouds you don't really understand what's going on uh kind of thing and i just that blows my mind i think that's absolutely nuts i i think the biggest thing that you can look at here is say as good as gene smith has managed and navigated like kevin warren's like the anti-gene smith it's the opposite it's so and you know not that that's not a difficult job obviously it's a very difficult job and you're balancing uh all of these different constituencies and issues but i i mean i can't point to anything that that guy's done right to this point you know like this has been a master class in how not to manage crisis and so on like i don't know i just how long that guy will be in the job um <laughs> well you know. never i mean mark emmert what mark emmert's extended through like 20 hey you know what good point like good point i i guess maybe maybe he'll outlive us all maybe he'll be like you know this, <laughs> you know who who survives nuclear winter it's the cockroaches and kevin warren i i don't know yeah it's, i mean it's entirely possible that guy just hangs around i mean you have no idea um i just yeah i guess i can understand the anger and, and the and the parents you know they even you know put out a, a tweet about that not a tweet a statement really where yeah. they talk about this and they're saying look this is ridiculous like this is you know this is something that we really put our hearts and souls into and they said it's disheartening to read reports that our efforts to big 10 commissioner kevin warren were met with claims that was manufactured it's important to remember our request is simply a transparent process a structured discussion with the parents to discuss concerns and information concerning the process and that's absolutely true it wasn't like some demand like we want football now it was like involve us in the conversation please that's all they were asking for and honestly, I can understand why they would be like demanding to have football. It's a huge part of their lives, but they just wanted to be more involved in the process that clearly wasn't really well thought out to begin with. Um, and to say it was manufactured. And again, I, I don't know exactly what Kevin Warren said. That's the impression, obviously, that, you know, the powers that be at Ohio State had. But um, if that's truly how he felt about it, I just, like I said, I think that shows his disconnect from the whole thing and, uh, just not a, you know, and the other things like, you know, anybody who'd been around, not that Kevin Warren probably spends a lot of time following Ohio state football related accounts, but sure. You, you know, Gene Smith commented in one of the text messages, you know, how, how would he know, uh, you know, because the parents have a formal organization, president, vice right. president, et cetera. And, and they have had for some years, like this isn't just something that popped up because of this situation, right? Like the, the, the family and parents association has been around. I mean, I'm thinking at least as far back as Ezekiel Elliott's class of recruits, like that's, yeah. that's probably when I first really noticed them as a formal organizations. Cause I, I started well, and they following talked about more, like the, the the playoff like uh you know, yeah right for, because like, they moved the needle like on that right yeah the the, the parents in, in urban meyer that year uh they were the ones that got that that kind of i don't know, call it a stipend or whatever it is that um uh, so families could go to the national title game because right. the, the extra burden that the playoff imposed uh for families having to go to multiple bowl games potentially that right yeah it, you know so the, yes that's right they have been active and engaged for literally years <laughs> uh and, and you you know if you've been around i mean and, you know like i say i guess kevin warren probably isn't spending a lot of time on twitter following ohio state things but this is uh yeah that that was laughable because those folks have been very active for quite a long time yeah so we'll we'll see how all of this kind of like comes to a head i mean obviously ohio state and the rest of the big 10 is back on schedule hopefully hopefully we'll have a full house in the fall i'm i'm op- i'm optimistic about that i think things are looking up and, you know, we'll, we'll see something that's relatively back to normal, you know, starting in uh, late August, early September. I, I, I'm, I'm going to take the positive track on that. And I think it'll, it'll be pretty good. Um, so hopefully all that kind of comes back to, to where we want it to be. And, you know, we can manage the NIL stuff <laughs> reasonably well. Um, but it, it should be interesting. Um, so we want to remind you that the Dubcast is sponsored by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com, drygoods.11warriors.com. Shirts, hats, stickers, all kinds of great stuff. And you know what? Let's let's go ahead and do a little Ask Us Anything. I'm not, I don't always get excited about it. That's a lie. I always get excited about it. But 
I want you who are listening right now to ask us literally anything by sending us a question to dubcast at 11 warriors.com. We'll answer anything, but especially existential stuff. I, I love yes. that very much. More existential, the better. Yeah. The more existential, the better, by the way. So let's, let's get into this first question here. And this is uh, kind of going back to the massage parlor incident that uh, we discussed several weeks ago uh, with Ohio state and whatnot. And, uh, one of the questions kind of points out and says it may be unreported because there's a huge stigma as a male being assaulted by a female having gone through it personally law enforcement simply does not take you seriously and i gotta tell you something that is something that i don't think was really you know we do a lot of like wink wink nudge nudge stuff when it comes to these types of stories but absolutely we don't really know for certain what the interaction was between uh the the woman who was you know said to do these things and the players and whatnot and I, I do think, I mean, I'm not accusing her of anything. I have no idea, you know, what the situation was, but that is something where I think we have to be kind of careful with those stories so that we don't maybe fall back on old tropes. And so we can just say, okay, and laugh about it and kind of move on. I, I think that is a very fair thing to point out. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you, you know, you people guys joke about that. I mean, even, I, I think back to, I mean, God, 20 years ago or more when, was it Mary Kay Letourneau, I think was the, the teacher that was sleeping with her male yeah. student, you know, and it was this big controversy and TV, you know, made for TV movie and so on. And people like laugh about it. Like, you know, guys would say, Oh, I had some teachers. I'd like to have abuse me, you know, her, 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 right, her. Right. right. That's exactly what you're talking about. So it's you still, it's, it's actually, it's literally abuse and it should be talked about that way. And, and, you know, to, to illustrate it, like you don't have to go any farther than the, the Strauss scandal at Ohio state, look at the difference in how people reacted to the Nasser scandal at Michigan state, young female gymnasts versus Strauss, uh, molesting and abusing male wrestlers right. and, and other, uh, male athletes. Like people don't want to talk about that. You know, yeah. it's, it, it, that kind of gets, but you have, you know, these kind of visceral emotional reactions when we're talking about the Michigan state story and, but then people, you know, kind of, they question like, well, if I was, a college wrestler i would never let some dirty old you know so that's i mean that's part of that too it's exactly what you're saying these kind of old tropes or stereotypes or um and and you know we as men have to be more open to talking about those things yeah and 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 not making our yuck yuck jokes and kind of like brushing it aside because we're uncomfortable or embarrassed or think it can't happen yeah. um that's a really good point and and if we didn't take that story as, you know, from that angle as seriously as we should, then then we need to do better next time. Because I, I agree with that. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, also, uh, this question makes a really good, uh, a really interesting observation about fonts. We had a little font discussion. Yeah. Uh, certain bar associations require you to use specific fonts and filings. It varies by state and occasionally by district. That is wild to me. I did not know that. I would assume it just would have been like Times New Roman or whatever straight up um across the board but that is very interesting i'll have to like, kind of look into that i want to see like i want to you know it's like is somebody saying like this is wingdings i don't care you're gonna have to put in the effort to read this we're not gonna just like give it out for free like you gotta you know figure this thing out i don't know i'm curious about that i'll have to check that out that's really yeah cool. it's, it's it's really interesting because um the u.s supreme court publishes its opinions in century school book i believe I did not um, know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, you know, and I mentioned, I think when we were first talking about this, that um, I had spent some time looking up because I was writing uh, a sale agreement contract kind of thing. And I, I wanted it to look, you know, nice. Sure. And that was that I kind of came across um, a Thomson Reuters piece about um, legal fonts and, you know, Supreme court has long required use lawyers to use a font from the century family um and they publish everything in century school book so apparently hmm. when you're filing with the high court you can use anything in the century family but they publish um against uh, in century school book uh u.s court of appeals for the seventh court seventh circuit according to the same article advises lawyers against using times new roman don't use huh. times new roman if you're filing in the seventh circuit the appellate court in connecticut actually requires briefs to use Arial or universe <laughs> <laughs> so there you go my hell no i'm never filing that court then that's just go to hell like <laughs> it, but like this is what like the ninth circuit like papyrus only sorry that's what we got to do that's that's yeah it. apparently i mean apparently some of them yes yeah, like our questioner noted apparently 
some of them are more <laughs> are more explicit and and others um it's very interesting you know, you know some of them just say i think this one was saying one this court uh which just requires a legible font of uh, at least 12 point. Huh. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, don't default to Times New Roman because that is the universal font of apathy. Right. Um, but I do like, I would say I do like Century Schoolbook after I read that about the, the Supreme Court using it's it. It's a solid font. It's a good that font. is a so the solid font. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of fonts. Like in my emails, I think I use Verdana. Mm. Um, yeah, I like that one too. Verdan I use or what's the other one I use there's another one um Calibri I like uh, Calibri a little bit that's a good yep, one it's good I um, would I would like to see a filing like a maybe an in, amicus in, brief or something like that that is done like you know in 36 point font and impact and all caps or something like that yes <laughs> like that would be kick-ass like you're just also, yelling at the judge yeah exactly exactly um also another another quick thing about briefs you can i i learned this last time i was in washington dc you can go to the supreme court and you can request a uh, a copy a physical copy of any supreme court decision that you want you just go up to their clerk of courts like office it's literally just like an office <laughs> and you walk up to it and say hey can i have you know x y or z opinion or or you know decision and they'll, they'll print it off for you even if it's like 500 pages long they'll do it it's awesome to quote Dana Carvey, uh, playing Johnny Carson, I did not know that. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I was like, you know, you just walk up and they're like, okay. And then five minutes later, they'll bring you the whole damn thing. It's great. Um, okay, so this next question is from our good friend Alvin, and he wants to know which Big Ten team, I assume, I guess we could, let's let's say football here, stands to benefit the most from NIL legislation. So obviously we know Ohio State, you know, they've got a lot of things they can leverage and, and it'll go really well for them, blah, blah, blah. But of the Big Ten teams, which one do you think will like be able to bump up their profile the most based on their inherent advantages? Yeah, we were talking about this earlier that I, you know, I think Ohio State has these huge, has a huge, huge advantage. Um, I'm going to go with one that I, I didn't, wouldn't have thought of prior to them building their new practice facility. And that's Northwestern. Yeah. Uh, I think this really flies under the radar because you don't necessarily think of you're you're gonna you're gonna naturally think of Michigan you're gonna think of Penn State you know it's kind of the the, the heavy hitters maybe mm. maybe a Wisconsin but if you look at Northwestern Northwestern has the advantage of the Chicago media market right so yep. you know if you're a student athlete you can go to you know the the strongest academics like I, I mean I know Michigan likes to puff up its chest about its academics and all that crap but look if i if i got to choose between michigan and northwestern northwestern is nothing to sneeze at academically right mm -hmm. that is a fine school and depending on what your particular area of study is going to be so if you get a chance to go to northwestern and tap into the chicago media market for your nil stuff like that's you know old fits could be using that as a pretty potent recruiting yeah. pitch likewise you know we laugh about rutgers um, but there again, you've got access to the New York media market and, and our, our, our man, Greg Schiano, you know, he's been recruiting pretty darn well over there. He has. Yeah. Uh, even without NIL. And so now if he can throw that into the mix as well, you know, who I think has a bigger struggle, Nebraska, right? So <laughs> like, because yeah. how, I mean, how big the history, is the Lincoln? But... Yeah. But, but, but it's, you know, but it's not recent history. It's ancient history. Right. Point. Like. Tom Osborne was the man like almost well before any of these players were born. That's for sure. Yep. You know, their parents remember Nebraska's glory days. Nebraska hadn't been worth a plug nickel like in the lifetime of any of the players who, who he's trying to recruit. Well, and so, like, who are you, who are you really like advertising to as a student? I mean, it's not a national brand anymore. So locally i mean yeah you know i'm not trying to like crap on lincoln but no it's not, no no but it's, it's but not chicago compared to, yes right that's that's my point like i it's think new york you, know, you, you look and say okay ohio state has a national brand uh, penn state and michigan to an extent yeah. are are what you would consider national brands um and, and i look at you know like iowa okay you could you can yuck 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 iowa but you know what des moines a pretty nice city and so yeah. that's not far from that is not far from iowa city iowa city is kind of out in the middle of nowhere but but the Des Moines market that's that's a, that's a legit market and Iowa fans like I think about this having covered covered wrestle wrestling Iowa fans are 
they're 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 in it to win it right yeah. so i i could see you know i was going to do okay they're not going to be they're not going to be terrible they're not going to be you know ohio state but they're not going to be terrible but I, but i look at like in nebraska and i think i don't know um minnesota you know being in the twin cities that's not that a bad helps. market to be in that's not a bad market to be it's in it's not um especially you know, since you're kind of like in the twin cities i mean obviously you know wisconsin's a little bit closer but it just feels like minnesota kind of they've got their own little fiefdom right where they don't really have to compete for attention with for with a lot of things i mean obviously hockey's huge up there but we're not just talking about football i guess i mean we're kind of you know that's, that's a, a good sports athlete, town but, though right because like the yeah twins exactly following the that's kind of what i'm getting at. yes exactly. absolutely absolutely right good sports town yeah and, and so i i agree with you i think Northwestern is a, definitely an excellent choice with that. I mean, being that close to Chicago is just, you know, it's huge. I mean, Illinois even like they can, they can maybe hopefully try to leverage some of that. I mean, Champaign isn't exactly, you know, a bump in place, but you're within spitting distance of the third largest city in the country. Um, I actually think it, it, Rutgers is a really good one too. And I hope they lean super hard into the whole, like, you know, like you know <laughs> sopranos kind of thing like the, the jokes that people make online i think that would be really funny but i actually think don't, you don't need a bag man because you can be a maiden man <laughs> that's you know? right that's right exactly um but i actually think maryland has a really good shot at benefiting pretty well from this kind of thing and not you know in basketball i think there's a lot of history that they can lean on but i remember i, I took a trip to dc this is prior to the one where I found out about the Supreme Court stuff. But when I was in college and I was just talking to some people down there about college football, there is, I think, a really big desire to see the Terrapins do well in college football um, among DC residents. And I think they could become that team. And there is so much money. <laughs> there is so much money in that part of the country. And I, I think they can really benefit from that. I think they'll be able to leverage maybe some of that uh, in the, the DC metro area and, uh, you know, benefit pretty well in terms of like NIL and getting recruits and whatnot. That, that is definitely a lot of untapped potential for them. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I kind of think of this in sort of like tiers and buckets. So I, you know, I think you have your, your blue bloods from a football standpoint who will do well because of their brand cachet. And so in that sure. bucket, I'm putting Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state. Then I'm thinking of your, your, your media markets. So then, then, yeah, I'm going to come back in with Northwestern. I'm going to come back in with uh, Maryland, good call on Maryland and, and put Rutgers in that. And, and let's go ahead and lump in um, Minnesota because of the, the Minneapolis St. Paul mm -hmm. connection. So, so like I put them in that bucket. Then there's this bucket of, of schools where I'm going to put Iowa and Wisconsin in there. You know, they're not huge markets, but they're not out in the middle of nowhere either. I mean, Iowa city is out in the middle of nowhere, but Des Moines close enough. We're talking within two hours. And, yeah. you know, so they're while, while Iowa state owns Des Moines proper, there's plenty of Hawkeye fans in, in that region. So I think Iowa will do okay. I think Wisconsin will do okay. I think Illinois will do okay. I don't think they'll do great. Then, then I have this kind of bucket of teams that I think are kind of screwed and it's, it's, and it's Nebraska <laughs> and it's Michigan state. Like those are two that come to me because Michigan yeah. state's interesting though. I, I think Michigan state's really interesting because Boy, yes, you're competing with Michigan, right? For that's my thing. Is I just think Michigan's going to suck all the oxygen out of the space. If they if they're able to do it, though, I, I just have no faith in Michigan coming up with a competent approach to MIL. I just think they're just so incompetent at so many administrative things. And maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe they come out with this gangbusters thing, and that's something I need to look up and check out and whatever. But they they have an opportunity, I think to try to, to steal that thunder from Michigan. I, I don't know. I, I am curious to see what Michigan tries to come up with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, that's a good, yeah, you got a, you got a good point because Michigan isn't Michigan is not, it does not have the same cachet as it did 15, 20 years ago. It, it just doesn't like if you are a high school student and you're thinking about, okay, where can I maximize my earning potential? Where can I maximize my brand potential? I don't know that Michigan does it for kids anymore. I, I don't know that I, I don't know that they look at Michigan and Michigan state and go, wow, there's a huge gulf between these two programs. Um, because what has Michigan done nationally? Like <laughs> in the past 10 years, like nobody cares about Michigan um, in terms of like, you know, them being a power. Now if basketball, maybe, but you know, Michigan state's got that too. So I don't know. I, I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a really interesting situation and i think we'll know pretty quickly like 
you know, if, if, if we're way off base on some of this, Oh, sure. And then, yeah. and then, you know, it'll take a year or two, I think for us to really know how's this work out, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you talk about the teams that are kind of screwed. I mean, I don't know what Indiana is going to be really doing in Bloomington. That, that feels tough. Um, Purdue, you know, again, they can kind of lean on some successful, like, individual you know basketball or maybe beating ohio state at night as an unranked team like maybe that's their thing that they they you know become as a brand i don't know but i think the indiana teams are kind of sol um you know it's kind of funny i just left them out i have degrees from both those schools and i left both them out <laughs> right a little discussion of buckets maybe right. that answers that question in yeah i was about to say but i have sheepskins on the wall from both schools and i glossed over both of them <laughs> wow Gee. yeah that's that's, yeah. that's 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 gonna be a little rough for both of them good times um, good i mean i guess i i mean i guess you'd say bloomington is pretty close to indianapolis um <sighs> yeah i don't know yeah <laughs> i don't uh, know that purdue, that i mean you said it earlier purdue purdue will be interesting to me like i, I feel like purdue has a really loyal fan base um they do but, and i'm my view on the Purdue alumni slash fan base is somewhat skewed because I work in agriculture. And so I work with a lot of people who went through um, the ag programs at Purdue, which are fantastic. So, you know, I'm my perception of how big or active or engaged that alumni slash fan base is, is skewed because of my profession. Um, yeah. Boy, that's a, that's you know, a the other one. interesting thing about this though, I just thought about this. Um, a lot of these, schools a lot of these universities are hampered by the fact that maybe their state hasn't introduced nil legislation yeah absolutely you know what i mean so they can't they can't go whole hog on this thing they they can't say all right let's we're doing x y and z yet because they they don't have the official go-ahead from their state legislatures to say that that's that's something that they're able to move forward or or move on um yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I'll have to check that out. That they may be the uh, the Johnny Ginter post of the week. We'll we'll see what goes on with that. Nice. I'll have to take a look at that. That'll be appointment reading. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> let's 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 temper that with a, a big old fat maybe. You know um, me. I'm a fan of your work. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, so. Thank you for sending those questions in. Those were excellent. Uh, we always love answering them. And Nicely done, that. listeners. Yeah, excellent job. And, uh, you know, again, if you want to send those in, it's dubcast at 11warriors.com. We'll be back next week to kind of break all this down and, and see what happens and see if some of these universities decide to make moves uh, when it comes to NIL or anything else that they were doing over the summer. Uh, but until then, I'm Johnny. I'm Andy. And we'll see you next week.